Good morning, everybody. A big welcome to everyone, whether you're regular here or you're here for the first time or visiting. Welcome. It's great to be with you today. Um, so today I'm going to be talking to you about the topic of love. Now, love is a very heavily used word. It's a word that has many different meanings. And, you know, we use the same word of love to describe how we feel about our morning coffee or a cute pair of socks or our puppy or nature or our spouse or our brother. You know, we can use the same word to describe lots of different relationships with things. And there's many different types of love. And this word is used so much that I think, well, I know the true meaning of love can be lost. And this word can be a bit devalued because it's used so much. Because true love, it's not just a, a strong liking of something. It's not lust or desire like how films and media like to portray it as. It's something much deeper than that. And it is life changing. This real love is life changing. It's not just a feeling or emotion. It's a real active thing that can change your life. And that's the sort of love I want to talk about today. And um, I just feel on my heart to just say that, you know, yesterday I found out about someone that we know who passed away, who's not much different in age to us and who left his wife of about a year widowed and hearing a, about Raimondo's mother as well passing away. It's emotional. I feel very <laughs> filled with emotion of losing people is really hard and it can be heartbreaking. But this love, this true love from God, it is, it overcomes death. It is so much bigger than any love that we can experience on earth. It is, um, it is really is life-changing and that's the sort of love I want to try and share with you this morning. Um, so I pray that you listen and open your hearts and are ready to hear and just experience some of God's love this morning. And wherever you are with God's love, whether you've never accepted God's love into your heart, whether you've um, been a Christian for a long time, whether you just become a Christian, wherever you are, this talk is for you because God's love is something we need every day and we need to say yes to it every day. Now, I just want to take a step back and think, why does love even matter? Um, all you have to do is Google the effects of love to see that um, having love in your life can improve your well-being, your optimism, your confidence and self-purpose and these different types of love love with your family with your friends and with romantic love all these different types of love they're good for you they help you to have more joy in life and i just um want you to just stop for a moment and just think of a moment where you've experienced a real tangible feeling of love in your life and i'd love some of you to share in the chat these examples so I think it's going to come up with some pictures of examples that I have thought of. So for me, I just want to roll through those pictures just while you get thinking. So meeting my nephew for the first time, that was an amazing feeling of love that I had. Um, okay, having a birthday party with my friends. Yes, that is me hanging upside down. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, friendship love, that is amazing. Yeah, getting married, that was such a great moment of love as well. And being with my family, we don't often all get to be together, but that was such a lovely moment of love that I will cherish. So think of some moments in your life, what's it been? Maybe it was someone coming and visiting you hadn't seen for a long time or an amazing thoughtful gift someone gave to you. Um, it'd be great to have some of those moments shared in the chat. If you want to type them in, I can't see any yet. I'm sure you guys can think of some. Anyone think of one they want to share? Yeah, being pursued by friends when you isolate yourself. Yes, that is such a great feeling of love to know that somebody really cares about you. Thanks, Lisa, for sharing that. Um, well, I hope you can all think of one, even if you're not sharing them. Um, I'm sure we can all think of special moments. Oh, my sister listening to me and not judging. Yes, Becky, thank you for sharing. Unexpected visitors. Oh, they're all coming in now. Thanks, <laughs> guys. Um, a love for your wife. That is, thank you for sharing that. Uh, for when friends help you decorate and being brought a chocolate cake. Um, yeah, Sharon giving me her last Rolo. Yes, all of these are moments of love. Um, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing, everybody. Yeah, friends messaging you. And the last one, being lifted by God when I go to Him in prayer, feeling really low. Yes, that is such a great feeling of love. Um, these moments that we can experience, they can be amazing, a real heart-throbbing special moment that we cherish. And these moments, they are a glimpse of true love. Because God's love is so much bigger than what we can experience um, with people around us. We can't comprehend how big his love is. Now, love comes from God. Going to the text, as it says in verse 7, Love comes from God. He is the author and the creator of love. He made it and he made us. He designed us to be able to experience love. It is a gift from him. And the love from God, it is perfect. Earthly love is not because people are not perfect. People will always let us down. Love can fade away and people can pass away, unfortunately. And that is really hard to, to deal with. And that can taint our view of love, that it's not all encompassing and it's not never ending, but God's love is. It's so much more than that because God never lets us down and he is perfect. He is the fountain of love. All love comes out of him because he is love. As we read in um, verse 16, it says, God is love. It is intrinsic to his character. His very nature and essence is love. His love is so wide and long and high and deep. It is so much bigger than what we can imagine in our minds. Um, and the Bible can be read as one long love story between God and us. Him keeping to keep trying to have that relationship with us. And we always let him down and we always mess up and turn away from him. He's always there for us. Love, it is the sum of his gospel. Because God's love, it's not a static love. It's not just lip service. His love, he displayed his love to us, his love in action through Jesus. As we see in verse 9 and 10, this is how God showed his love. 
among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, no, but that he loved us and sent his son. He sent Jesus, who is fully God and fully man. He came to earth to serve us and to die to allow us to have a relationship with God and to experience his love and have eternal life. And that is just as relevant today as it was 2000 years ago. God's love is demonstrated in this amazing act. And what is so incredible about this story is that he loved us first. God put his love into action and he sent Jesus to die for us when we didn't deserve it. It wasn't in a response to our love. It was God's initiative to show us his love and to enable us to be saved. That is so amazing that God made that step. God, who is perfect, made that step to us who are not perfect to have a relationship and share his love with us. A beautiful story in the Bible that really encapsulates this and is such a great picture for this is the story of the prodigal son that can be found in Luke 14, 11 to 32, if you want to read it. Um, there's a man who has two sons and one of these sons takes his inheritance and he leaves and he goes far away and he squanders all his wealth in wild living. Um, he embarrasses himself, he um, brings shame on his family and he spends all his money and then he ends up living with pigs, wanting to eat the pig food, having no proper roof over his head and he thinks, you know, I need to go home and I'm just going to ask my dad, can I just please just be a servant in your house? Because I don't deserve to be called your sons. So I've completely embarrassed you. So he, um, he starts walking back home and his dad sees him. And his son, he thinks, oh, I'm so ashamed. He's, he's just going to reject me. But his father runs up to him, doesn't even listen to what his son has to say. And he just puts his blessed clothes on him, takes him home and has a huge celebration. And that is such a great picture of God's love for us. He wants us to come to him just as we are. We will never be worthy of his love. Whatever we've done, he just wants us to come to him to wrap us up in his love. And um, I feel like I've had a bit of a prodigal son moment in my life. So when I moved to Bristol in 2013, I felt completely unworthy of God's love and anyone's love really. Um, I'd left home and gone to university and lived a wild life. Um, I'd pushed my faith aside and just lived how I'd wanted, hurting other people, hurting myself and making lots of bad decisions. And I just felt so unlovable. I thought, you know, I've gone too far. If anybody knew everything I've done, they would just not love me. But when I moved to Bristol, I, I reconnected with God and he accepted me just as I was and I let him fully into my heart and he completely restored me, completely healed me and I can genuinely say I'm a completely different person now and you know, to look at me you might not think I look that different to how I did then but it's in the inside that I've been completely changed by his love. He broke down the lies and he healed and forgave me all my sins and it was incredible. It's so great. Um, I once heard this saying and it stuck with me that you can't out sin God's love. 
No sin, no suffering, no circumstances can separate us from his love. You are just so, so loved. But it wouldn't be right to talk about the prodigal son story without mentioning the other brother, the other son who was in this story. This guy, he didn't rebel. He was on his father's farm the whole time, working for his father. And when his brother came back, he was annoyed. He's like, why are you throwing this celebration, um, this other brother, he's gone away. I've been here working the whole time. Um, but this guy, he didn't get it. He didn't get that he'd always been loved. He didn't get that all the works that he were doing, they weren't why he was loved. And you know, he was trying to work for a reward of, a, of some banquet, but actually God's kingdom doesn't work like that. We don't get God's love because of what we've done. We don't get rewards based on what we've done. God's love is for all of us and it is the same because we're all unworthy whatever sins you've committed whatever type of life you've lived we are all unworthy but we are all offered unconditional love now i want us to just reflect for a minute on this question of where do we need to receive god's love which brother are you in that story do you feel unworthy of his love? Do you feel there are sins, maybe secret sins you've committed that you don't feel you can be forgiven for? Do you feel unimportant? Maybe you've loved God for a long time, but you just don't feel his love anymore. Are you really letting God's love transform you into your best self? Or maybe you've never even said yes. Maybe you've never even tried to experience God's love. Let's just take a moment to consider that and offer it before God and just say to God, this is where I'm at. Help me. Yes, Father God, wherever we're at with your love, whether we know it, whether we have known it, whether we want to know it, I pray that your love would seep into us right now and we would start to comprehend your great love for us. Amen. Now, accepting God's love into your heart is really important but, and it is step one but John makes it very clear that it cannot and it must not stop there. We should love God. Accepting God's love means loving him in return. Jesus himself said that this is the greatest commandment to love God with all of our hearts, all of our souls and all of our minds. It is a natural response to God's love for us. And we should obey this because we are loved, not that we should love God to earn his love. As I said, we can't earn his love. And loving God should be the number one thing that we love. Because as I said earlier, he is perfect and his love is perfect. So putting him at number one is the best thing for us to do. But John makes it so, so clear in these verses that just accepting God's love and loving God back is not enough. It is not compatible to accept God's love and not to love others. John mentions it again and again and again in these, in these verses. He literally says, very first verse, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. 
And again, he says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We have to love others. Love is a doing word. As I said earlier, love is an action and God's love for us was displayed by, through Jesus. And we should display God's love to us by loving others. This was the second greatest commandment that Jesus said to us. It was to love your neighbor as yourself. And everything else falls into place around those two things, loving God and loving each other. It simply isn't compatible to love God and accept God's love and not to share this love with others. And you know what? He empowers us to do this. We're not alone in trying to share God's love. He gives us this love. And through his Holy Spirit, by God living in us, he will fill us with his love, which overflows into others. God and love are inseparable. So if we have God, we have love, and we must share this with others. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he's given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. It is a non-negotiable. And my final point is having no fear. There is no fear in love. Our full acceptance and trust in God's love should naturally lead us to a full confidence that excludes all fear and uncertainty. We shouldn't fear what the future holds because our eternal des destiny is secure in God. We know that, yes, people pass away. Yes, we will one day pass away. But we shouldn't even be afraid of death because death was defeated through Jesus. And we have a way to eternal life through Jesus, through that great love of God showed to us. Whatever our circumstances are, we can trust in God. As his love casts out all of our fear. God loves you unconditionally. His love wants to transform you into the best version of you. He wants good things for you and he doesn't want you to fear the future. And our response to that must be love, love for God and love for each other. God's love is not a mushy, emotion-driven lip service. His love is real and evidenced by Jesus Christ's great sacrifice for us. God's love is life-changing. What we experience of love in the world around us is only a glimpse of that love. God wants us to fully receive his love and know how deeply, completely, and unconditionally we are loved by him. His love is made complete in us when we share it with others. We need love, and so does the world around us. So is love your top priority? Let's consider this for a moment. Think about your life. As has been said before, lockdown is a good time to reflect. Things have slowed down. Maybe you're furloughed or not going to school um, or you know, life looks a bit different right now. It's a good time to evaluate your job, 
your relationships with your friends, your family, your other loved ones. Think about the way that you treat others, the way that you conduct yourself, the way you act on social media, your hobbies, all of these things. Does love come first for you? Is love your motive for these things? Perhaps there's somebody that you really struggle to love, or perhaps the way that you choose to live is driven by a different motive and not by love. When people think about Christians, or even for Christians ourselves, we can think Bible reading and prayer and going to church, they're the most important things. And yes, of course, they are very important things, but it's very clear that love is the number one important thing. Following Jesus is about love for him and for others. I'm going to finish by reading 1 Corinthians and I really encourage you to think about these questions as I read. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonour others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I pray that this message has helped you today. I encourage you, if you're feeling something, if God's tugging at something in you, don't go away from here without dealing with it. Pray to God, lay it all before him. We can't do anything in our own strength. God wants to help us and he wants so desperately to love us. Love should be our top priority. If you want to speak to someone about it, I encourage you to. Or type a prayer request in the chat and I'd love to pray for you. Father God, I pray that we would all know your love. I pray that your love would be our motive and our drive and that that love would be sourced from you, God, and not from anywhere else because your love is perfect and you are perfect. And the best way to live is by accepting your love and letting that love spill out to everybody around us. 
Thank you, God. Amen.